Hey family, how are you? I'm praying all is well in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and you. That's right. He is your God and what a mighty God we serve. How are you doing family on this amazing Monday? I pray that the spirit of the Lord is resting upon you with a sweet anointing, kissing you upon your forehead in the mighty name of Jesus. So family, I want to share something with you that the Holy Spirit uh, showed to me. I was on the phone talking to my sister Rama and we were just, I love when I talk to her, we're always, you know, just, just talking about the Lord, talking about scriptures, you know, really dissecting them and just going through them. And I just love, love when I'm sitting and talking to her. So we were just talking about the word and we came, we started talking about um, when Jesus uh, rebuked the storm and we were talking about the disciples so it made me want to go read Luke 8. So I started reading and God showed me something. God showed me something that I didn't quite see before. And I was like, I want to share this because it was so good. It was so good. So today is going to be a pretty lengthy podcast because um, I'm going to do a bit of reading, but also because... Um, it's just a lot. It's a lot to what I want to share today. And I don't want to use it, wait and wait for, wait for another day or use it on another podcast. So I am going to do uh, an intermission and then come back. It's going to be on one podcast, but enough of me rambling. Let's get into the word of God, because I think it is important and it, we need this. We need this. This is so good. So let's me start reading. I'm starting at verse 22 and I'm reading from the NET version. One day, Jesus got into a boat and his disciples and he said to them let's go across to the other side of the lake so they set out and as they sailed he fell asleep now a violent windstorm came down on the lake and the boat started filling up with water and they were in danger they came and woke him saying master master we are about to die so he got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waves. They died down and it was calmed. Then he said to them, where is your faith? But they were afraid and amazed, saying to one another, who then is this? He commands even the wind and the water and they obey him. Verse 26. So they sailed over to the region of Gersim which is opposite of Galilee. As Jesus stepped ashore, a certain man from the town met him who was possessed by demons. For a long time, this man had worn no clothes and had not lived in a house, but among the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out, fell down before him and shouted with a loud voice, leave me alone, Jesus, son of the most high God. I beg you, do not torment me. For Jesus had started commanding the evil spirits to come out of the man. For it had sieged him many times, so he would be bound with chains and shackles and kept under guard. But he would break the restraints and would be driven by the demons into desert places. Jesus then asked him, what is your name? He said, Legion. Because many demons have entered him. And then they begin to beg him not to order them to depart into the abyss. Now a large herd of pigs were feeding there on the hillside. And the demonic spirits begged Jesus 
to let them go into them. And he gave them permission. So the demons came out of the man and went into the pigs. And the herd of pigs rushed down the steep slope into the lake and drowned. And when the herdsmen saw what had happened, they ran off and spreaded the news into town in the countryside. Whew. Okay. This was so good. So Jesus, oh, he was so good to me. I'm talking to her and we're talking about the, uh, we talking about the Jesus rebuking the wind. And we were talking about how, how Jesus probably was feeling when they woke him up. You know how you sleep and you having that good sleep and you really don't want to get, get up and they waking Jesus up and he probably was in a good sleep and probably dreaming. And you know, it was probably amazing. We laughing and kiki and it just really talking and just really going through the scripture. But the Holy spirit showed me something as I was reading this word and what the holy spirit showed me was this and this is why we got to know not only are we victorious but we must know the very plot and plan of the enemy that he had against you will be his fate i'm gonna say that again the very plot and plan of the enemy and the vessels that the enemy uses against you will be their fate it was something when I say when the Holy Spirit showed it to me, it really, really blessed my spirit, family. It blessed my spirit. When you go to the very beginning, it starts off with the disciples being scared. Why? Because it was this, this, it's this amazing, this windstorm. It's violent. It's beating against the boat. The boat is being filled with water. They felt it like they were in danger. They knew they, they was going to die. This was a demonic and many of us heard this story. Many of us know this story and I'm sure it's been preached in many churches about this being a demonic storm. So much so Jesus was able to rebuke it. It wasn't a natural storm. It was demonic and that's why Jesus had to rebuke the storm. But we don't really go in depth. We get, we get really happy at, yeah, Jesus rebuked the storm. You know, we're safe. We're free X, Y, and Z. But as you continue on and Jesus get to this man that was possessed with the spirits of lesion, it kind of explains why there was a storm. And it also explains to us why we need to go through the storm. So one of the things that the Holy Spirit showed me was about the very thing the enemy tries to do to you. It's already his fate. It's already his fate. He is already a defeated foe. But God pointed it out in this particular story. That was a demonic storm. And the point of the storm was to take the disciples out. The, the storm was to, so they didn't get to the other side. That they didn't, didn't get to a place where the, the, the possessed man was. Why? Because when Jesus got there, the minute he got on the shoreline, this demon, these demons ran up to Jesus, fell to his feet and was like, don't torment us. Don't torment. They knew they knew exactly who Jesus was and they didn't want to be cast out. That was the whole purpose of that storm. I need you to go in another direction. I don't need you coming here because if you come here, I'm going to be cast out. If you come here, I'm going to be rebuked. And this is something that you got to get in your spirit. Why we must not run from the storm, but we must go through the storm because somebody, hallelujah, maybe your deliverance, maybe a family member deliverance or somebody connected to you. Deliverance is tied to you going through that storm. When Jesus got to the 
other side. He delivered this man that has been possessed for years with multiple spirits, but he had to get to the other side. The disciples had to get to the other side. And the Lord was showing me, hallelujah, how important it is that when the storm come and it's beating up against your boat and it's beating up against your life, that you don't retreat, that you don't go back, that you don't draw back, but you press forward, that you don't allow the storm to cause you to stop and go in another direction. Your deliverance is tied to the other side of the storm. Your deliverance is tied to you going through your children's deliverance, your spouse deliverance, your family, your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers, somebody deliverance is tied to you getting to the other side. Hallelujah. It is tied to you getting to the other side. And this is why we must family. We must go through. We've been going through countless storms, but it's causing us to be fearful, just like the disciples. And many of us are thinking Jesus is asleep in our life. Jesus, don't you see the storm? Jesus, don't you see these bills? Jesus, don't you see the sickness in my body? Jesus, don't you see? Don't you see? And we think that Jesus has fallen asleep. But we must have faith and get through this storm. Now is not the time to give up. Now is not the time to question your faith. Now is not the time. Because somebody deliverance is tied to you getting to the other side. That was one of the things that God showed me that really, really blessed my heart. The second thing that the Holy Spirit showed me was when you continuously go through the scriptures, these demons begged for Jesus not to cast them into the water. So Jesus, hallelujah, cast them into the pigs. And the Bible says that the pigs began to run and they ran over the cliff and they drowned in the water. And when I tell you this, bless me, Jesus said the very plan that the enemy had for you, the plan was to drown the disciples. The plan was to get them to get afraid and think that it, this was it. We're about to perish. We're about to die. The Bible says the water was filling their boats. They were so afraid and they just knew that they were going to die. The enemy wanted them to drown. Hallelujah. The enemy wanted them to drown. But what happened to the enemy, even though he thought he was slick and he was he begged Christ to cast them into the pigs. What did the pigs do? The pigs ran into the water and they drowned family. You must know that the enemy plan against your life. That is his fate. The people, the vessel that the enemy is using against you, whatever plot, whatever plan, whatever scheme they have against your life that is going to be their fate that is going to be their fate family when I say this bless me it bless me whatever the enemy is doing to you you just keep going you just press you just keep going through get to the other side and watch God watch God show your enemies who he is in your life the enemy thought that the pigs probably was going to run off go frolicking in the wilderness but God, knowing all things, hallelujah, God being almighty, all powerful, he knew that those pigs was going to drown. You try to drown my babies. You try to drown my sons. Guess what? That's your fate. That's your fate. And you got to know that the fate of your enemy, whatever he tried to do, whatever people are, because they're vessels, we know that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Hallelujah. These pigs 
were minding their own business. The Bible says they were on the other side. They were just there. These evil spirits saw them as an opportunity to flee from their fate, to flee from their destruction. And there's many demons that are attacking the body of Christ using people as a vessel, using people as a vehicle. The problem with that is, is that when the enemy is done with his work and he has caused so much chaos and confusion, the vessel do do what it is that the enemy told him to do, fail to realize that the very thing they plotted against me is about to be there tomorrow. Jesus, the very thing you said about me is about to be your tomorrow. The lie that you lied on me, that's about to be your tomorrow. You tried to scheme and you tried to manipulate, but guess what? That is going to be your tomorrow because you were willing to be a vessel for the devil. Whatever plot, whatever plan, whatever scheme you had for me, that is going to be your fate. That is going to be your fate. And this is what we should declare and decree. Not get discouraged, not get offended, not get mad. Know that you know the plot you have for me. My God, my God is good. My God is good. He is a righteous judge and he hate an unjust scale. My God eyes are upon me. He's the defender in front of me and the defender behind me. Every plot, every plan that you plan against my life, against my spouse, my marriage, my children, my ministry and my business. Just know that will be your fate. That will be your tomorrow. What you try to do to me today. It will be your tomorrow. When I say that, bless me, family. They tried. The whole purpose of that storm was to take them out. They were in danger, the Bible said. The boat started to fill up with water and they were in danger. And they came, master, master, we are about to die. That was the plan of the enemy. That was the plan. But God, but God turned it around for their good and the enemy, the enemies, because there were many, there were legion, drowned the very, very fate they had for the disciples. When I say that, bless me, family, because the enemy is running rampant, seeking whom he could devour. And there's many people who have yielded to the voice of the enemy. And they're doing things to hurt you. They're doing things to offend you. They're doing things. They're lying on you. They're talking about you. They're mistreating you. But they don't realize the word of God. They don't realize that we serve a God that repay. We don't realize that vengeance is the Lord. We can't we can't go about treating people any old kind of way. We can't go about treating people in your kind of way because God will repay. And the very thing, the very thing, the Bible says, as a man, so shall, shall he reap. People think that they have gotten away with what they have done because they don't see the instant, the instant. They don't see it. Oh, I did this, but nothing happened. They don't see it. It may not be today. It may not be tomorrow. It may not be next week, but we serve a God that repays we serve a God that repays. And as long as we stay in right standard with God and we continue to go through and we continue to fight an effective warfare and we begin to press and press and know that we're not wrestling with fresh and blood and know that 
whatever the enemy has plotted against us, that as we stand on the word of God and as we go through the storm, knowing that Jesus is in the eye of the storm, that Jesus is right there, even though you may feel like he is asleep in your life, even though you may feel like he is not paying attention to you at all. You got to know that he that keepeth Israel never slumbers nor sleep. God is aware of every single thing that you are going through. God is aware of every pain, every tear that you cry, every bail that you got to pay. God sees all things, but you got to go through this storm. You got to go through because deliverance is on the other side. Deliverance is on the other side because God freed this man that has been dealing with these possessed demons, have him running around frolicking naked in tombs in the cemetery, going out of his mind. Those demons didn't want this man free. He has been a vessel. He's been a vessel for them for years. These demons are very territorial. And this is why we got to rage. We got to rage a wage an effective warfare because these spirits are very territorial. They've been with this man for years. You think that you just going to come over here in your little boat and set him free? No, he ours. He ours. And when you read the Bible, the Bible says that the spirit was like, this our house. He out, he belonged to us. What you talking about, Jesus? You know how long we've been here? But no matter how powerful they thought they were, they wasn't more powerful than the king of kings and the Lord of lords. This is why we got to fight an effective warfare. This is why we got to wage war because these spirits are very territorial and we have to wage war, especially in deliverance, even for ourselves and for our children. Deliverance is not a one time thing. You got to you got to first know you need deliverance. Then you got to get the deliverance and then you got to maintain your deliverance. Deliverance is not an easy thing. Why? Because these spirits are very territorial. The Bible speaks about, oh, when a, when a house is empty, these enemy, the, the devils, the spirits come back and they come back with seven more worse than themselves. They're very territorial. So you have to maintain and keep yourself pure before God. But it's so powerful how them getting to the other side. This man was able to be delivered. Going through the storm, getting through the storm, there is deliverance on the other side. Like I said, whether that's for you, whether that's for somebody close to you, whether that's for someone that is looking at you, that's connected to your ministry. I say this often. You don't need a title. You are a child of the most high God. You have a ministry and there are people watching you. There are people looking to see how are you getting through? There are people looking at your current situation and trying to figure out how you haven't lost your mind. There are people watching you. And as long as you go through the storm, that can break the shackles and the chains that are keeping them back. Because they see if you could do it, I could do it too. This is why we got to be effective. This is why we have to be intentional with going through the storm because somebody is watching. Somebody is in need to see somebody go through. I'm stuck because I didn't see nobody go through. People get caught in a storm and they turn back. So I don't know what it's like. How many people, hallelujah, how many people probably was going in that direction, but every time they would go, those demons would cause a storm. So when Instead of them going through, this man was stuck over here on this side, tormented because many people didn't go to the other side. Many people stop when it starts beating against the boat and the water was filling. How many people stopped and turned back, which kept this man in a state, a sickly state, 
a possessed state because they were too afraid to continue on in the storm. How many of us are turning away, turning away, drawing back because the wind is beating up against our boat? The bank account is empty. The doctor report, the marriage, the children, all of these different things. But instead of us praising God and pressing in and going through, we are falling away. We're questioning our faith. We're questioning the goodness of God. And because many are staying in a possessed state because you won't go through. You are staying in a possessed state. Because you won't go through. Somebody's deliverance is tied to you getting to the other side of this storm. Somebody's deliverance. And you got to believe, family. You got to believe that as you're going through, you got to know whatever the plot and the plan of the enemy, that's already his fate. The Bible says he is, not will be, not can be, not possibly. He is a defeated foe. You You got the victory. You are more than a conqueror. So no matter what storm that is coming your way, I am victorious in Christ Jesus. This too shall pass. I am pressing towards the mark. I am going forth. I am going to go through this storm because my God is in the eye of this storm. Though tears may be rolling down my face, I am not going to turn back. I am not going to draw back because my deliverance is on the other side. My deliverance is on the other side of me going through this storm. My family deliverance is on the other side. People connected to me and my ministry are, oh, hallelujah. It is is a connection between deliverance and that storm. And if we could just go through and don't allow the enemy to play with your mind and to play with your emotions and send you all of these reports to make you question the sovereignty of God and the mighty hand of God. All of these things is to make us question who God is in our life. These disciples walked with him and yet they were still afraid because to them, you're sleeping, Jesus. Don't you see? Don't you see? How many of us? I can admit. I can admit. There were many times. I'm like, Jesus, you sleeping through this? I'm going through this. How you sleep? We know he never leaves. We know he never forsake. So is you sleep, Jesus? Are you you taking a nap? (laughs) You don't see me crying. I can't sleep. I can't eat. I'm stressed out, Jesus. When you going to fix this? When are you going to rebuke this storm? And the true question is, when are you going to use your power and your authority that has been given to you for you to rebuke the storm in the mighty name of Jesus? God isn't asleep because he don't care. That's why he said, where's your faith? Where's your faith? When are you going to rebuke the storm? When are you going to recognize that you're not wrestling against flesh and blood? When are you going to recognize that I have given you power and authority to trample over serpents? When are you going to open your mouth and declare the word of the Lord? When are you? We're waiting on God. But God said, I have given you power. I have given you authority. Use it in my name. Use it in my name. Use it. Stop calling on me. Stop looking for me. Use what I've given you. To him who believes. You can cast out devils in my name, says the Lord. 
So when are you going to rebuke the storm that you in? When are you going to rebuke it? You got to start rebuking the things that are coming up against you to make you question who God is, to make you question who you are as a believer in Christ Jesus. You got to start rebuking things and not in fear, rebuke with power and authority. Start exercising it, declaring the decree. And if you got to do it every morning, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You will not have my marriage. You will not have my children. You will not have my body. You will not have my business. You will not have my ministry. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I'm going through this storm. Jesus is in the eye of the storm. You can't have me. You have no authority. You have no power. You have no power in the name of Jesus. God has given me authority. God has given me power to trample over all serpents. That means you have greater power than the power of the enemy. I have given you power and authority to trample over serpents. So even the power that the enemy has, when you use it in faith and believe that God has given you power and authority by his Holy Spirit, your power in the name of Jesus is stronger than the powers of the enemy. But we're forfeiting our power. We're forfeiting our authority because we're afraid. The storm is making you afraid. The doctor's report is making you afraid. The fight with your spouse is making you afraid. Your children is making you afraid. Everything is making you afraid and making you question. Instead of you recognize I have power and authority over this. And I rebuke it in the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus. 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 Deliverance is on the other side of you getting through this storm, family. We got to believe by faith. We can't talk the word. We can't just quote scriptures. We have to begin to get active in the word of God and living like true believers in Christ Jesus. We have to, family. We have to because deliverance is on the other side. So I'm so encouraged by this. I was so excited and I'm sure, you know, your sister was all over the place, but I pray that it truly, truly blesses you because it blessed my heart today. It blessed my heart. Whatever plot and plan that the enemy has for you, it is going to be his fate. And each person who is willing to be a vessel for the enemy will come to realize that everything they did to you, they will walk right in it. And you must know as a child of God that we serve a God that shows no partiality because sometimes in the body of Christ, we hurt one another and God is very intentional. He is very strategic. And like I said, he shows no partiality. So you as a child of God cannot go out here mistreating another child of God because whatever plot, whatever plan and whatever scheme you use against your brothers and sisters, you too will see that will be your fate. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, so shall he reap. So you must be mindful how you treat people. You must be mindful of the thoughts that you have against people because all the enemy needs is a little open door and he will use you as a vessel to cause pain and confusion in somebody's life. And the problem is when he's done with you, Jesus, when he's done with you, you don't want to be the pigs in a parlor. 
You don't want to be the pig that was a vessel and a vehicle for the enemy and you drown in the water. The disciples didn't drown. They made it to the other side because who they were with Christ. And those in what was used by the enemy end up drowning in the water. This is serious family. Choose ye this day whom you're going to serve. Either you're going to be a vessel for the most high God or you're going to be a vessel for the enemy. And you must know God is a God who repays. He repays vengeance as mine says the Lord. God sees all things and there's nothing hidden that will not be unhidden, but it will be seen in the mighty name of Jesus. So we must be mindful of what we are doing, what we're thinking against one another Because all the enemy needs is a little seed to plant into your head and he will run with it. He will run with it. So this truly, truly blessed my heart. And I'm going to pause here so we can go into the other part because me reading this, it, the Holy Spirit brought back to my remembrance, a famous book that many probably heard and may have read pigs in a parlor. And it's a deliverance book because I told you getting through the storm, is your deliverance or someone deliverance is tied to you going through the storm. And it made me think of deliverance. And I know pigs in a parlor is a deliverance book. So I want to go through um, a section in pigs at a parlor, how to know you need deliverance. So I'm going to go to part two of this and I will see you there. Hey family, back with part two. I'm coming out of chapter six of Pigs in a Parlor. Seven ways to determine the need for deliverance. Family, I love you, but you need deliverance. Every person needs deliverance, saved and unsaved. Calling on Jesus to be your Lord and Savior was half the battle. There are so many things we're wrestling with. There's so many things we're dealing with and we need deliverance. And this is a book that can help equip you to fight a more effective warfare. If you don't know you need to, if you don't know you need deliverance and if you don't know the people around you need deliverance, this is why we're fighting with each other because we can't discern and recognize this is not natural. This is spiritual. So it's like 1199 on Amazon. Family, I would encourage you to get this book. If you don't have it already, it will bless you and it will educate you on how to fight a more effective warfare. My Jesus, our Jesus says, and I love saying my Jesus because I take this walk so personally, but I know he's your Jesus too. (laughs) He says, my people are dying for a lack of knowledge. We have to be willing to educate ourselves so we can fight an effective warfare. Amen. Let's get with it. It is a bit of reading. So family, I ask that you be patient with me, but it is for a good cause. Chapter six, seven ways to determine the need for deliverance. The presence and nature of evil spirits can be known by two principal methods. One, discernment. The verse In 1 Corinthians 12 and 10 lists discerning of spirits as one of the nine supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit. An example of the operation of the gift of discerning spirits happened to me two days after I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. I had been asked to give a testimony at a meeting of the full gospel businessmen and was sitting on the platform. 
In the back of the large auditorium were a number of hippies. One of them got up and start, started walking towards the front. Two others got up and followed him. As I looked at the first fellow, a pain struck me in the stomach as though I had been hit with a fist. Turning to a stranger sitting next to me, I whispered, Is that man in the spirit of the Lord? He replied, I don't know, but he surely doesn't look too good. Why? He has a demon, I said. The brother next to me suggested, Perhaps you have the gift of discernment. With an insurance that I could not account for, I said, I don't know what I have, but I know what he has. He has a demon. Now, the gift of the spirit were relatively unknown to me at that time, and I had learned nothing about demon spirits. As it happened, the long-haired hippie came to the platform, took over the microphone, and lifted his hands in the air and declared, I am the way. I am Jesus. Then everyone knew he had a demon. <laughs> oh, forgive me. That was funny. As he joined his friends at the edge of the platform, several of the audience simultaneously rolled, rose up and rebuked the demons and the three young men. No one was touching them, but they all fell to the floor, struck down by an unseen power. They were picked up bodily and carried out of the room. As a result, this demonstration of the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit's power, several in the hippie community were brought to Christ. These three men were their leaders. The second is detection. Detection is the second method of knowing the presence and nature of evil spirits. Detection is simply observing what spirits are doing to a person. When Jesus was here on earth in the flesh, he found people well acquainted with demons. Jesus did not have to, um, to teach them on the existence of evil spirits or explain how they indwell. This was common knowledge. An example is found in Mark 7, 24 through 30. When a woman came to Jesus with an appeal that he cast an unclean spirit out of her daughter. In Matthew parallel account, the mother saying, my daughter is grievously vexed with a devil or a demon. How did she know this? She knew it by the symptoms. Jesus, we can learn today to detect evil spirits by observing what they are doing to a person. Some of the common symptoms of indwelling demons are as follows. Number one, emotional problems emotional problems disturbance in the emotions which persist or occur some of the most common disturbance are resentment hatred anger fear rejection feeling unwanted and unloved self-pity jealousy depression worry inferiority and insecurity my god family that was one of the um spirits i had to come i had to get delivered from that um rejection spirit would cling to me um and especially when my mom passed away i dealt with the spirit of rejection for a long long time and that that's actually a rebellious spirit that is a spirit that i have to constantly constantly rebuke in my life because it tries to keep you like like the bible says these spirits leave but they try, they come back to what they think is their house 
And it's so important we maintain deliverance and we we don't give in um, and open any doors to the enemy once you are delivered and set free. So this was definitely uh, uh, a spirit that I had to get deliverance from. I was definitely feeling unwanted. I was definitely feeling unloved, um, even to the point when um, I, I know that the scripture that founded my whole love for Christ was when the Bible says, when your mother and father forsake you, I will take you as my own. I wanted to get to know a God that wanted me when no one else wanted me or when everybody was gone because I felt so unloved and I felt so unwanted. So this is a spirit that many people are dealing with, the spirit of rejection, and, and it has to be cast out. It's a very tormenting spirit, and it wants to kill, still, and destroy. And you cannot just chuck it off as, I'm emotional, and I'm just sensitive, and I'm an empath, and all of that. No, you need deliverance from this spirit, and you got to go down the line. And I love that it broke it down. It's emotional problems, but is it the spirit of hatred? Is it the spirit of anger? Is it the spirit of fear? Is it the spirit of reje rejection is the spirit of self-pity is it the spirit of jealousy the spirit of depression worry inferior or insecurity you have to call it out i come against you in the name of jesus you have no place you have no illegal right in the name of jesus christ you must confess with your lips and begin to to war against these spirits and renounce them and denounce them you know repent of the activity i repent for participating i repent for being angry i repent i repent i repent because we we've accepted it we believe the lies of the enemy and we we acted on these emotions amen so we gotta not only acknowledge that this is an issue this isn't natural this is this is spiritual repent from it and begin to wage an effective warfare and in the name of jesus you can cast out devils yes we need um to go to a ministry and have someone pray with us but we can also do self-deliverance as well um depending on how severe or lack thereof we can do self-deliverance and i believe in that as well that's important that you know that maybe you'll say well i don't have a church home right now and maybe i'm you know i'm just listening to people online and you know because of COVID, you know maybe you're not the type of person that you feel comfortable going and being around people i don't know there's still many people still struggling with that by faith do self-deliverance on yourself if you acknowledge that you've been suffering for a long time with resentment hatred anger fear rejection feeling unwanted feeling unloved self-pity jealousy depression worry inferior inferiority and insecurity you get up you begin to repent you begin to declare and decree the word of the lord you begin to plead the blood of jesus christ over your life you begin to text testify to the power and authority that god has given to you in Christ Jesus and you tell the devil he has no place and no power he is illegally trespassing in your life you are uh, the Bible says he purchased us hallelujah with his blood you are the possession of Christ Jesus not to be possessed by demons hallelujah you belong to Christ and he has no power and they are legally trespassing amen number two mental problems disturbance in the mind or thought life such as mental torment, procrastination, indecision, compromise, confusion, doubt, rationality, rationalization, I'm sorry, and loss of memory. Once again, I had to get delivered. My mind was all over the place. My mind was all over the place. Doubt, compromise, confusion, 
Where is your thought process? The Bible says, let this mind be in me, be the mind in Christ Jesus. If you are a believer in Christ Jesus and you are still struggling with negative thoughts, even in Philippians, the Bible says, whatever is lovely, whatever is as a good report, whatever is a virtue, think on these things. If it is hard for you to think positive and if it is hard for you to think of what is a good report, excuse me, what is virtuous family, you need deliverance. Don't just say, you know, whatever. No, don't just just shug it off. We have to acknowledge it. We have to be honest. I know it's embarrassing to say that, you know, these demons are bothering me. I'm a child of God, especially when you've been walking with God for a few years. It's, it's very humbling to say I need deliverance. It's very humbling to say I need help. But if you're struggling in your mind and you can't seem to think right and you, you can't think straight and you just just have co constant mental torment, you can't seem to make a decision. You're so indecisive. You procrastinate all the time. You can't complete an assignment. You're easily quick to compromise. You feel a confusion. You, you're doubtful. Family, you need deliverance. And it's OK to say I need help. But you have to be honest with yourself and honest with God. We have to family. Deliverance is so necessary. Number three, speech problems. Outbursts and uncontrolled use of the tongue. These include lying, cursing, blasphemy, criticism, mockery, railing, and gossip. Jesus, are you a gossiper? Are you quick to criticize somebody? Do you mock people and make fun of them? Is it hard for you to tell the truth? Do you find it hard to speak properly, but there's always cursing on your tongue? No matter how much you say, I'm not going to curse no more. Every other word is a you, you dropping bombs that your whole conversation need to be censored. Beep, 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 beep. That's not normal. A lot of people think because of culture, it became, you know, everyone does it. Everyone does it. That's because everybody need deliverance. <laughs> Everyone's doing it, but it's not natural. It's not normal. We gravitate to what the enemy is doing. Ignorantly, we don't know is the enemy killing, stealing and destroying and defiling our mouth. The Bible says it's not what goes into a man that defiles it, but what comes out the enemy don't care. And because we're ignorant, there's so many people who, I mean, cuss like a sailor. That's not cute. That's not what God wants his children to talk like. And there's a lot of people who has a problem who need deliverance from their tongue. And they have to be honest and not accept it as this is who I am. Take me as I am. How you are considering yourself a child of God who is pure and holy, but you're cussing up a storm criticizing folk gossiping you need deliverance you need deliverance and you have to you have to say i don't want this because many people you know it's easy to say we want deliverance but some people don't some people like cussing some people like gossiping some people like lying even in the church i'm gonna move on to verse to not verse number four <laughs> Whew, this is a big one sex problems Recurring unclean thoughts and acts regarding sex. This include fantasy, sex experiences, masturbation, lust, perversion, homosexuality, fornication, adultery, incest, pro pro 
<laughs> holotry and perversion basically family i ain't gonna never lie to y'all i think I, I need a deliverance for almost everything on here but four was big four was big for me i struggled i struggled i struggled even um i think uh what i had my daughter I got pregnant at 16, had her at 17. I think I lost my virginity at 15 um, from fornication, masturbation. I mean, the spirit of perversion had its grip on me. And coming into the house of God, I can honestly say that was one of the hardest, um, the hardest thing to be delivered from. Like I said, we've been dealing with things for such a long time from 15 and I gave my life to the Lord at 31. That's almost 16 years I've been having sex. And now I'm being told if I'm going to present myself to God holy, I have to abstain until I get married. That was very, very hard for me because I've been in this intimate relationship and coming in a covenant with these spirits that I didn't know how to stop. Like many of my beautiful brothers and sisters who wants to come out of fornication, who wants to come out of masturbation, who wants to come out of adultery and homosexuality, but they don't know how. And it's very embarrassing to say, I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with these. I'm having these fantasies. I'm, I, I'm having these unclean thoughts and I, I, I want to do these things and I know it's not right. Many times I had to cry to God. I know this isn't right. I know this isn't right. I know I shouldn't have sex, but I want to, Jesus. I'm sorry. I want to. It was hard for me, but by the grace of God, me going to my pastors and being honest, I had to be honest and humble and say, I'm struggling with um, fornication and I'm struggling with masturbation and I, I want to be delivered. I want to be healed, but I don't know where to start. And they would pray over me. We did the whole deliverance thing. I'm burping, I'm throwing up and all of that. Um, but like I said, you could get deliverance, but we don't maintain deliverance and how we maintain deliverance is by, um, you maintain a deliverance by making sure you don't put yourself in the same predicament you was in. But I didn't do that. I would get deliverance and then I find myself in another compromising position. I'm having sex or, you know, those unclean thoughts would come, which is demonic. We don't think that, you know, these are spirits. You just say, oh, I'm horny. I'm horny. No, you're being provoked by a demonic spirit. You're being provoked by an unclean spirit. And because we're ignorant of the fact, we think it's our idea. And now we're performing the act. And the one thing with... um masturbation comes pornography you need that image you need to see something you need to see maybe some don't need it to be aroused but many need it to uh, be aroused um because many people need it to be aroused because it helps them it helps them in you know them completing the task so not only did i have an issue with masturbation I had an issue with pornography and I had to be delivered from these things and because I was weak in the spirit I kept feeding my fleshly appetite I needed deliverance family 
And I, I, I went to my pastor numerous times. I need help. I don't know. And it was uncomfortable, you know, especially going to my pastor. He's a man. Like I, I, I so what I did do, I started going to his wife cause she's, you know, she, they're both pastors and I would talk to her. And I think I shared this testimony um, with you guys before. And she told me whenever you get aroused, whenever you have those feelings, think of the most ugliest monster or whatever thing you could think of and for me it was the predator i don't know if y'all remember that movie oh that thing is ugh, hideous so i said oh the predator she said well imagine that thing touching you in your private part i said ew she said exactly because that's what's happening in the spirit you're being aroused by a spirit they want you to partake in this act they want you to continue on in this this uh covenant and this contract that you entered entered into for such a long time ago you know, I've been masturbating since I was young. So I entered into this contract a long time ago. You think they going to just let me go because I decided to take my tail to church? They weren't happy about that. It's a constant deliverance is constant. It's a daily thing. And sometimes you got to get delivered more than once. And in knowing that and also going to a deliverance ministry, I made it my purpose and intention to constantly get deliverance and still I get deliverance because I'm not um we are being made perfect in Christ daily as we go through but I'm not a hundred percent you know as God want us to be and we all do we're all dealing with residue we're all dealing with certain things and many people in the body of Christ this is a major one I feel like uh there's more but I feel like from the emotions uh and sex these spe- these spirits are running rampant running rampant we we see what's going on with pride the the lgbt community um we see what's going on there's so many perverted people you know sex trafficking it's a lot these are this is demonic and even though culture has made it the norm it's not normal sex sales they the, the spirit is just putting it out there as if it's nothing everything is perverted everything you can't watch nothing without seeing boobies and butt but it's real and we need to be delivered and once we get delivered we need to be proactive and we got to make sure we're not watching certain things and that's including tv shows and the music you listen to there's there is frequencies behind music family and you listening to love songs and that's something i had to change i cannot be abstinent but i'm listening to love songs i love love songs i'm a love bug i love r&b and i'm sitting here and you know oh what what was my song uh I'll give you the sun, the rain, the moon, the stars and the mountains. I'll give you the world. That's still my jam. But sitting there thinking about it puts you in this mind frame. Now you're all thinking about your ex and you just it it wasn't good, family. I'm not going to get into details, but it was bad. Okay, it was very bad. And then what? I find myself masturbating. Not good. So you have to know thyself. And say, I can't listen to this type of music. I can't listen to this. I can't be around certain people. I gotta, I have to be intentional about guarding the temple of the Holy Spirit. Temp, you know, I have to be intentional about protecting my body. That's a red flag, family. It's a major flag that you need deliverance. And there's a lot of people in the church who are struggling, who are struggling. With masturbation, 
lust, perversion, homosexuality, fornication, adultery, incest, and holotry. And it's no shade. But if we don't be honest with ourselves and if we don't repent and tell God, I want to be pure before you. Because like I said earlier, many people love being this way. They don't want to change. They are happy with the demon that they're sleeping with. They don't want to change. But see, the thing about these spirits is they don't play fear. They just open the door for more spirits. So what started off just as a sex problem. Now, all of a sudden you have mental and emotional problems. And then next thing, you know, as number five, you have addictions, nicotine, alcohol, drugs, medication, caffeine, and food. I can honestly say right now, today, as I was preparing for this, because we being honest, I love coffee. I really do. But today, as I was reading, the Lord really dealt with me and family. I went into my kitchen as I'm coming against I'm coming against the spirit of addiction. I poured out my coffee. I poured out my creamer. And I know you like Sister Trina, you tweaking, you bugging. I'm not. And I'm not telling you to do this. I'm telling when you sit with God and you intentional about your freedom, whatever the Holy Spirit exposed to you, you better let it go. Everything I'm sharing with you tonight, and I pray that you get the book. I pray that you are ready to be sanctified and set free for where the spirit of the Lord is. There is liberty. I pray you're ready for true deliverance and not false deliverance. It's easy to say you're delivered than it is to actually go through it. And I don't want any door openers into my life. So when I read it today, I was humbly convicted by the Holy Spirit. Stop drinking coffee. Stop drinking it. So I went into my kitchen and mind you, I ain't going to even front y'all. I just made a cup. <laughs> so I will be giving you guys a, a, a recap on how this, this journey is going <laughs> with me not drinking coffee. But when I read this and I saw the addiction family, I get a cup of coffee, maybe even um two cups of coffee a day that's not good and I'm just being honest so like I said I poured the coffee out and by the grace of God as I repented of it as I denounced and renounced it because I don't want anything to have control over me I want to have control over it um, for many maybe you have an issue with alcohol maybe you have an issue with nicotine and cigarettes maybe it's marijuana or maybe honestly you are addicted to food and the spirit of gluttony has put his claws on you. Family, repent, repent and go before God and say, I want to be free. I don't want to be I don't want to be ensnared to nicotine, alcohol, drugs, caffeine or food. I want to be set free. Family, we have to we have to be honest with ourselves and we have to be honest with God. Number six, physical infirmities. Many diseases and physical afflictions are due to spirits of infirmity. See Luke 13, 11. When a demon of infirmity is cast out, there is often the need to pray for a healing of whatever damage has resulted. Thus, there is a close relationship between deliverance and healing. This is another big one. Who Jesus? 
there's a lot to say with the spirit of infirmity um, because I feel like something opened the door for spirit of infirmity. So for example, God is so, I mean, it's so important that us as children of God, we repent of unforgiveness. The Bible says unforgiveness bring forth torment. When we have unforgiveness in our heart, it opens the door for many demons. And I'm, I, I recently, um, I recently posted on, um, I think it was Facebook. I said, when a demonic door is open, we don't get to choose what spirit come in. Amen. We don't get to choose what spirit comes in. So if you don't want to forgive you don't know what spirit you're about to be tormented with. And a lot of people are dealing with the spirit of infirmity because they refuse to forgive and let go of people. So it's tied to another thing, but it's not natural. It's demonic. The Bible says healing is the children's bread. That's not our portion. So when you get to a place and you see sickness and disease, um, yeah, there's some things that we go through that, you know, God knows of, but God wants to heal. God wants to set free. It made me think of the man that was blind from birth. And the disciples said, who sinned the mother or the father? And Jesus said, no one, but that God would be glorified. So do we go through things to glorify God? Yes. But when it's something that is in uh, recurring and it just keeps happening, you find yourself sickly all the time. You find yourself going to the doctor all the time. You got to ask yourself, this ain't natural. This is not my portion. The devil is a lie. I rebuke and I come against the spirit of infirmity. You have to family. You have to not just accept. You can't just accept that many people go to the doctor and they get that doctor's report and they just come in agreement. Well, well, the doctor says I have cancer. The doctor says I have diabetes. The doctor said, no, you got to rebuke that thing. I come against you in the name of Jesus. Devil, the Lord rebuke you. I come against affirmity. I come against this spirit attacking my body. I come against cancer. I come against high blood pressure. I come against, I come against. This is not my portion. You got to fight an effective warfare and you got to know that the spirit of infirmity is a trespasser you're not you were not born to be sick you your loved ones you start fighting effective warfare but you can't fight an effective warfare accepting the reality of the doctor's report it's a reality but it's not the truth and there's a reason why I have this infirmity. What door did I open? Was I obedient to the word of God? Am I taking care of myself? Am I eating the right thing? Am I drinking? So we, we open the door to infirmity through our disobedience. So we have to repent for so many different things. You know what, Lord, what opened this door to this infirmity? What did I do that opened the door for this spirit to come into my life? Father, I repent by your spirit. Open my eyes that I may see what error, what error did I do, Lord? Because I don't want to be bound by this, uh, the spirit of infirmity. Lord, if it's anybody that I won't forgive, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. I forgive them in the name of Jesus Christ because I don't want to I don't want to be this way. This is not my portion. And I refuse to come in agreement with this doctor report in the mighty name of Jesus In the mighty name of Jesus family. You got to know your right as a child of the most high God. Sickness is not the portion of the child of God. There are some things that God will use for his glory, but 99% of the time we have opened a door that needs to be closed shut in the name of Jesus Christ by the blood. You got to begin to plead the blood of Jesus over your body. You got to go to God. You got to repent. 
You got to ask God to open your eyes so you can see what you need to repent from. Is it me being in rebellion? Is it me not doing right, eating right? Is it me opening the door by unforgiveness? Whatever it is, Lord, I repent in the name of Jesus Christ. And not only do I repent, I denounce and renounce those activity. I come against the spirit of infirmity. I do not come in agreement with infirmity. I come in agreement with the word of God. Healing is the children's bread in Christ Jesus. You have to wage war. Do not accept the doctor's report. Don't accept it because it is not our portion as children of God. It's not our portion, family. It is not. Jesus. Number seven, religious error. Involvement in any agree. I'm sorry. Involvement to any degree in religious error can be door openers. Hey, family, sorry about that, but we're going to get deliverance. Amen. My phone keep ringing, but we're going to keep going in the name of Jesus. So number seven is religious error. Involvement to any degree and religious error can open the door for demons. Objects of literature from sources of religious error have been known to attract demons into the house. False religion. Eastern religion, pagan religion, philosophies, mind science. This includes such popular interests as yoga exercise and karate, which cannot be divorced from heathen worship. Christian cults, Mormonism, Jehovah's Witness, Christian science. Such cults deny or confuse the necessity of Christ's blood as the way of atonement for sins and for salvation. Cults also include some lodges and societies and social agencies which use religion, scriptures, and even God as a foundation, but omit the blood atonement of Jesus Christ. All such cults may be classified as bloodless religion. That is those having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Occult and spiritualism, seances, witchcraft, magic, Ouija board, levitation, palmetry, handwriting analysis, automatic handwriting, ESP, hypnosis, horoscopes, astrology, divination, and etc. Any method of seeking supernatural knowledge, wisdom, guidance, and power apart from God is forbidden. See Deuteronomy 18, 9, 15. False doctrine in 1 Timothy 4 and 1, it warns of a great increase of doctrinal error promoted by deceiving and seducing spirits in the last days. Such doctrines are designed to attack both the humanity and deity of Jesus Christ, to deny the inspiration of scripture, to distract Christians from the move of the spirit, to cause disunity in the body of Christ and to cause confusion in the church through obsession with doctrine coupled with a compulsion to propagate such doctrines, to puff up with a sense of superiority and revelation, making the one in error unteachable and to foster emphasis upon fleshly activity as a gateway to the spirit jesus help us so family these are the seven ways to determine you need deliverance i'm sure it's more but um 
Frank Hammond, he, these are the seven that he put, and I'm going to say them just again before we go into the next chapter. Emotional problems, mental problems, speech problems, sex problems, addiction, physical infirmity, and religious error. If you have been struggling with any of these, ask God, because these spirits are not going to want you to. I'm sure many of you had to fight and listen to this message because the minute these spirits hear, you know, they don't mind you hearing a word, but they don't want you getting the, a certain word. They don't want the, you to get to a place where, wait, I can cast them out. So if you made it this far to God, be the glory, because most spirits will just really uh, let me get off of this or your phone rang or something happened that caused you not to listen further. Family, we got to pay attention to these subtle things tactics of the enemy if you made it this far thank god to god be the glory because i'm sure maybe you had to come back to this something happened your phone rang you got distracted something caused you to put it down and i pray by the grace of god that you you hear this all the way to the end because victory is yours and christ jesus deliverance is yours and christ Jesus. Amen. So the other part of this is I love, I love, I love you. And I'm not just going to tell you signs to show that you need deliverance, but chapter seven, seven steps to deliverance. So not only are we going to know what it is, God has given us an avenue of how we get out. Amen. So the first one is honesty. One must be honest with himself and with God. If he expects to receive God's blessing of deliverance, lack of honesty keeps area of one's life in darkness. Demon spirits thrive on darkness. Honesty helps bring them to the light. Any sin not confessed or repented of give the demons a legal right to remain. Ask God to help you see yourself as he sees you and bring to light anything that is not of him. I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and my iniquities have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgression unto the Lord, and thou forgavest my iniquity of my sin. Psalms 32 and 5. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Psalms 139 23 and 24. Number two, humility. Humility, this involves a recognition that one is dependent upon God and his provision for deliverance. God resists the proud, but give more grace to the humble. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. James 4 and 7. It also involves a complete openness with God's servant ministering in the deliverance. So this is saying when you do humble yourself, go to your pastor or go to someone that you trust that can help you and pray with you in deliverance. Don't just say, I need deliverance. You need to tell them what you need deliverance from. Be open and honest. Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. James 5 and 16. Number three. Repentance. Repentance is a determined turning away from sin and Satan. One must hate all evil in his life and fall out of agreement with it. Can two walk together except they be agreed? Amos 3.3 3. And there shall ye remember your ways 
in all your doings, wherein ye have been defiled. And ye shall loathe yourself in your own sight for all your evil that ye have committed. Ezekiel 20:43. Deliverance is not to be used merely to gain relief from problems, but in order to become more like Jesus through obedience to all God's requirements. Repentance is a turning from all that hinders spiritual growth, ministry, and fellowship. Repentance requires open confession of all sins. It takes away the legal right of demon spirits. This is important, family, because we can't be delivered from what what you won't confess. A lot of people get stuck because they don't tell the whole thing. You, you can't get delivered. I remember my pastor saying what you keep in secret, the enemy will always keep you in bondage. And that is real. We can't tell half of it. We got to tell, okay, I am struggling with X, Y, and Z. I need deliverance from this. I didn't need deliverance for that. Don't worry about being embarrassed. Don't worry about being ashamed. You embarrassed. Them demons not. And they can keep you in bondage. They'll keep you enslaved because they know, oh, I'm going to inflict fear on them that if they tell, people going to look at them different. So that's that's one again, messing with your mind again. Once again, messing with your mind. Oh, well, they're going to talk about you or they're going to look at you different. They're going to think this, they're going to think that. So you don't tell. But you got to know that God loves you. And he said that I will give you pastors after my heart that... God will put you around people who truly love you and won't judge you and help you in your deliverance process in the name of Jesus Christ. You must be honest, family. Number four, renunciation. Renunciation is the forsaking of evil. Renunciation is action resulting from repentance. When he, John the Baptist, saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to the baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who have warned you to flee from the wrath to come, bring forth fruits, therefore meet for repentance. Matthew 3, 7 and 8. Bring forth fruit, meets for repentance, involve more than words. It is demonstrating of repentance, evidence that one has truly turned away from his sin. For example... If one repents of lust, he may need to destroy some pornographic material. If one has uh, repented of religious error, he may need to completely renounce it by destroying all literature and items associated with error. And many that believe came and confessed and showed their deeds. This goes back to why I took all the coffee and a creamer and I poured it out. I, I read all of this and I recognize I can't just say, Lord, I want to be delivered. I had to give God an act of my repentance that I wanted to be delivered from the caffeine. So me saying it was one part me getting up and I had a lot of coffee, pouring it in the garbage and going in my refrigerator and pouring out the creamer that I just bought two days ago was a sign of saying I want deliverance more than I want this. Amen. So whatever it is that you're struggling with, like I said, you got to stop listening to the music. You got to stop watching the shows. Renunciation is more than saying, I renounce this. I renounce that. It is an act that has to take place. You have to get rid of stuff. You got to clean some house. You got to get around, get away from certain people. You got to clean your atmosphere. You got to make sure that you're in an environment that is conducive to your deliverance. You can't say, I want deliverance, but you keep putting yourself in compromising positions. 
you there's no I can't say God I want to be delivered but I'm hanging out at the coffee shop because I'm going to be tempted to drink coffee so this is just one step that's why I said I'm going to get back to you guys because what I did today is one step but for me to continue on my deliverance I have to be proactive and make sure Trina's not going to Dunkin Donuts or Starbucks Trina's not doing this because I know you know, until I'm 100% delivered, I could be tempted to get it. Amen. So you have to be proactive and begin to, to show God by your deeds. Many that believe came and confessed and showed of their deeds. Amen. Amen. Uh, many of them also, which use curious arts, brought their books together and burned them before all men. And they counted the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. Acts 19, 18 and 19. So when they realized they was in error, when they realized that they needed deliverance, they didn't just say I needed a deliverance. They came together. They bought their literature. They bought their books. They they brought any and everything that was keeping them in bondage and they threw it in the fire so that it could be burnt. Amen. Acts 19, 18 and 19. Hallelujah. Renunciation means a clean break with Satan and all of his works. You have to act on it. You can't just talk about it. You got to what? Be about it. Amen. Number five. Whew, big one. Going back to the spirit of infirmity. Forgiveness. Forgiveness is a part of you receiving forgiveness. I mean, I'm sorry, <laughs> deliverance. Forgiveness is a big part. God freely forgave all who confessed their sin and asked for forgiveness through his son. John 1 19. First John 1 19. He expects us to forgive all others who have ever wronged us in any way. For if we forgive men of their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men of their trespasses, neither will your father forgive you of your trespasses. Matthew 6, 14 and 15. Willingness to forgive is absolutely, and I'm going to say this, willingness to forgive is absolutely essential to your deliverance. Hallelujah. The scripture says, the Bible says, God said, when you come to my altar, whatever you have, put it down, go make amends, go forgive, then come back. God don't even want to hear from us. God don't even want to hear from us if we have unforgiveness in our heart family. So unforgiveness is a true door opener true door opener to the enemy and it definitely hinders us in being total free and totally delivered in the name of Jesus no deliverance minister can effectively do deliverance unless the candidate has met God's decision so you can say I want to be free but I don't want to forgive my mother I want to be free but my father did this I want to be free but my husband did that I want to be free but my wife my children we got everybody to blame but ourselves we cannot have deliverance until we're willing to truly truly forgive what people have done to us as God has forgiven us of our trespasses and our shortcomings amen number six prayer ask God to deliver you and set you free in the name of Jesus whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered Joel 2 32 prayer 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 pray without ceasing it is a part of the process you you have to renunciate you need to forgive Lord pray Lord I want to be the forgive I want to Lord forgive me 
Lord, I want to be delivered. Lord, I want to be delivered. And I'm not just saying it with my mouth. I'm not just saying, Lord, deliver me, but I'm not, I'm not praying. I'm not saying, Lord, forgive me. And I'm not renunciating. I'm not saying, Lord, forgive me. And I won't forgive. I'm not saying, Lord, forgive me. And I won't repent. I'm not saying, Lord, deliver me. And I won't humble myself. I won't, I won't say, Lord, deliver me. And I won't be honest. It's a, it's a whole process. We got to be honest. We got to be humble. We got to repent. Hallelujah. We got to renunciate. We got to forgive. We got to pray. And lastly, warfare. Jesus. Prayer and warfare are two separate and distinct activities. Prayer is unto God and warfare is towards the enemy. Our warfare against demon powers is not fleshly but spiritual. Ephesians 6. Use the weapons of submission to God, the blood of Jesus Christ, and the word of God in your testimony as a believer. Identify the spirits. Address them directly by the name and the commanding voice. And in faith, command them to go in the mighty name of Jesus. Enter the battle with determination and assurance of victory. Christ cannot fail. He is the deliverer. I love this. When you go into the battle, don't go in there thinking that the enemy has an upper hand. Romans 837 talks about victory is ours. You must know with assurance, I got the victory. I don't have to stay like this. I don't have to stay bound. I, I, I am victorious in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. Mark 16, 17. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and all and over all the powers of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Luke 10, 19. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. Psalms 18 and 2. Family, this was so good. These are... Not only the ways to determine you need deliverance, but steps to help you get deliverance. There's so much more. And like I said, I encourage you to read this book. It is a book that will bless you. You're going to need it to help you to go through different seasons of your life. You start finding yourself going into these repetitive cycles. You got to recognize this is not natural. This is spiritual. And I love this book. This book is amazing. And you have to really wage war and fight or affect the warfare. For like I said, when the enemy knows that you're intentional about deliverance, he send that storm. He send that storm. He send that storm, hoping that you retreat, hoping that you turn away, hoping that you don't continue and move forward with Christ Jesus. Because once you get to the shoreline, once you get to the other side, Deliverance is yours. Deliverance is your family member. Deliverance is somebody connected to your ministry. You must go through the storm so deliverance will take place. But we have to go through and we have to be intentional and we have to be proactive with our deliverance and keep keep a journal, you know, keep a journal, get an accountability partner. It's easy to say what you need to do, but it's important to talk to someone, you know, outside of your leaders. Hey, do can you be my accountability partner? I need deliverance over this you know you know whatever 
you know, whatever your vice is, what, 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 what has been keeping you bound, you know, let someone that you can trust know that can help you on this journey that, Hey, Hey, you shouldn't be drinking that. Hey, Hey, you shouldn't be going here. Hey, Hey, why are you watching this? Listen to this X, Y, and Z. We need help on this journey and we can't be afraid to ask for help. We can't be ashamed to ask for help, but we have to be willing to say, I need help. Could you be my accountability partner? Because I am intentional about my deliverance. I'm intentional about keeping my deliverance. First of all, you got to believe by faith that once you confess your sins to God, once you repent, once you denounce and renounce and tell the enemy he has no legal right, deliverance is yours in Christ Jesus. The enemy would love for you to think that it's not what it is. You've been set free. The demons must go. Amen. However, maintaining your deliverance is the issue. And that's actually um, chapter, the next chapter in chapter eight, seven steps to retaining deliverance that you, I would like you to read on your own and, you know, just read the whole book because it's really, it's a blessing. It's one thing to, um, it's one thing to know you need deliverance. It's another thing to get the deliverance, but we need to go to the next step. How do I remain delivered? What steps do I need to take? How do I need to be proactive in keeping my deliverance so that I can be free in the name of Jesus Christ? It's so many steps to this family. It's not a one and done kind of thing because there's so much we dealing with. There's so much residue that we're dealing with. So this book is amazing. I pray that you go get this book. I pray that you read it. I pray that the spirit of the Lord has spent speaking to you this whole time as I've been reading you know reading the steps to knowing you need deliverance that something you know you were convicted in your spirit and you said you know what I need deliverance I pray the spirit of the Lord has convicted you to repentance that you go through these steps whether you re- you listen to this again or whether you purchase the book or whether you just go to your pastor, humble yourself and honestly share with him the things that you have been struggling with, that you could be set free in the name of Jesus Christ. Whatever you do, do it. Don't just sit on this family. We need deliverance. Many people in the body of Christ are not moving in effectively in what God has called us because we're so bound. We're so bound. And God, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. God wants to set us free. God want us in alignment and on assignment, but we can't do that oppressed. We can't do that full, full of sin. We can't do that in bondage to the enemy. We all want to be effective vessels for the body. We all want to be vessels for the kingdom of God, but we need deliverance. No shade, no shame. We need deliverance from something. Like I said, as I was reading to this today, I was convicted. I was convicted. I've been getting deliverance since I joined my ministry. So I know the importance of it. But me journeying with God and knowing don't exempt me from, you know, still needing to be delivered from some things. And I believe and I pray that the Holy Spirit reveal more to me that ignorantly have been into my life because we don't know. We don't know. We can say all day, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good with God. I'm good with God. Until he exposed the darkness. Until God shows you, no, you struggling with this. No, you got this issue. No, you got that. A door has been opened. We just got to be honest and we got to humble ourselves and say, okay, Lord, I'm struggling with this. I'm still doing this. X, Y, and Z. No shade. Go to someone you can trust. Ask them to be accountability partner. Go to your ministry. Pull them to the side. Say, Pastor, I need deliverance. Or if there there's a call for deliverance, don't be ashamed of who is in the audience. Don't care who's looking at you. Listen, I need to be free. 
I don't care about your looks. I don't care about what you're saying about me. You don't know how I'm tormented. You don't know what's going on with me. We can't care about people. What they think and their opinion. Get free. Freedom is your inheritance as a child of God. You have, oh man, it's it's your right, family. Your portion. Don't stay bound and you don't have to. And I pray even for those who hear this and they say, I like the sin that I'm in. Family, I pray that the spirit of the Lord truly convicts you. If it's not today, maybe tomorrow, maybe next week, because you can't stay this way. One of the scariest scriptures that I ever read is when the Bible says that God will give you over to a retrobate mind, that he will give you over to your lust and your desires. There's no coming back from that. I don't want to be given over to my lust. I don't want to be given over to it. No emotion. No conviction. Just living the life that I want. Conviction is good. That means the Holy Spirit is present in your life. But if you are sinning. And you have no cares in the world. You got to question the presence of the Holy Spirit. How active he is in your life. Because God don't let me get away with nothing. And I'm happy about it. I love being convicted to repentance, not condemnation. God will never condemn you. Jesus said, I have not come into the world to condemn the world, but to give it life and life abundantly. Satan comes to condemn. This message is not to condemn you. This message is to shed light on the dark areas of your life that needs to be exposed so that the body of Christ can be made manifest in the earth. All creation is waiting for the manifestations of the sons and daughters of God. And we will not be made manifest if we are living in sin, powerless, being defeated by a defeated foe, being tricked by the trickster. We need deliverance and we need to humble ourselves and be honest about the deliverance that we need. So family, I pray this convicts you to repentance. I pray this sheds light on the dark areas of your life. I pray the Holy Spirit open your eyes to the reality of the things that you have been uh, struggling with. Things that has been recurring in your life that you just thought was normal, but it's not really normal. I pray that you really take this to the Holy Spirit and ask him to show you the areas of your life that you need to be delivered from. And you do it knowing that victory is already yours. That when God exposed, he exposed to heal. He reveals it to heal it, to deliver you from it. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Go get this book, family. Go get this book if you don't already have it. Maybe you know someone who does have it. Ask, can you borrow it? Whatever you need to do, get your hands on this book. But I would recommend you get your own copy because it's a necessity. It's a necessity. It's, it truly, truly is a tool to help us fight an effective warfare. We need discernment. We need deliverance so that we um, that we can truly be a vessel and an example of Christ in the earth. But your testimony would be your testimony would be polluted when you you can't deliver people from the same sin you're engaging in. And many people in the body of Christ is going to church and saying how much they love God. But the people on the outside looking in, you living like me. You cursing, you you talk crap like me. You gossiping and you backbiting like me. You fornicating and watching porn like me. Who are you to tell me anything? We can't, we can't pollute our testimony, family. 
We have to want to be vessels for the kingdom of God. We have to want to be the one to set that standard. We have to really want to be used by God and really be willing to let go and wear this world as a loose garment. It is a hard, it is a challenge, but it is necessary. And by the grace, the blood, and the help of our Lord Jesus Christ, we can do this. Because victory is ours. We are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. So get your deliverance today. In Jesus name. I love you family. I pray you made it all the way to the end. I pray this blessed you. Share this with someone. Share the book with someone. In the mighty name of Jesus. Because we need to be set free. Amen. Amen. Love you family. Talk soon.